Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Tuesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. Day after Monday. Well, I think in a lot of circles, people would say you're correct. But primarily today, it means the boys are here. The boys are here. Welcome to the program. Also means the tacos are here. It, it, that's traditionally a Tuesday, Tuesday thing. We had a, a pizza Tuesday today. You and I? Yeah. So I had pasta. I went with noodles. You did. You said you're craving noodles. You got your noodles. Got some noodles. Where'd we go? What was the name of that place? Giovanni's. Giovanni's. It, it slapped. Top shelf pizza. You been there, Bob? Do you know this place? It's like a little It's like a little hole-in-the-wall strip mall pizza place on San Pedro. Have you been there? No, Giovanni's? I have not. It slapped. Oh, Bob, get out to Giovanni's. Best best slice in town for my money. It, it's hard okay, to do Okay, top when you two live. slices in town for my money. Hard to do when you live... Twenty miles away. Okay, top three slices. Okay, for my money. Are win, place, or show is an easy bet for Giovanni's. It was very good, very authentic. It's cute. Got the little uh, plaid tables and the old shakers yeah. and the old Coca Cola menu board mm-hmm. with the red letters on it. It's it's the whole thing. So there Did you it? go. Without you, giving away too much information, Bob, where do you live? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way down in the South Valley Gun Club and Coors area. Oh, okay. What's the name of that first street? Gun, Gun Club. Club. Like what? Okay. You know where Rio Bravo is? The street? Yeah. I'd have to do some Googling, it, but it, yes. It's kind of a major street. Okay. Do you, do you exit Rio Bravo or do you go all the way around and go north on Isleta? Neither. Oh, well, from, okay, from cool. From Rio Bravo and Coors, you go south about a mile, a little over a mile. You up. are out there. Yeah. You got a farm? No. You own a farm? No, but I could put a 1,600-square-foot house on the, in my backyard. All right, so according to Google, you live at a Walmart? <laughs> that is where the Walmart Supercenter is in the South Valley, and the South Valley has arrived. We've got a Starbucks just Right there. Hey, you guys have a movie theater. Yes. You got your own theater out there. IMAX. I was out there buying drugs one time. Uh, Of course. (laughs) At the Walgreens. And I stumbled across a movie theater. The Walgreens. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I get my drugs delivered. I was in Taos this past weekend. That's why I wasn't on the program yesterday, by the way. Thank you to everyone who tuned in the program yesterday without me. And there was a movie theater. And the only movie that was showing at the movie theater was a movie called Firestarter. And I thought, now? The p- In a time like this? <laughs> who who would dare release that movie here? Well, they book movies months in advance. Well, I mean, you could stop it any time. Well, yeah. You could, just... you, you could change change things up. That That is rather ironic and not really in the best of taste. Quite insensitive, if you ask me. Yes. Okay, so apparently it's a remake. It's a Stephen King's movie. Oh, that's why I wouldn't watch it. it was, oh, you're not a Stephen King's guy? No. 
I, I don't like those kinds of movies. Like horror movies? I yeah. don't either. Yeah, no, I don't watch those. I only but watch... my wife does. So she has a TV on, so I put my headphones on and listen to various sorts of music. A couple desperately tried to hide their daughter, Charlie, from a shadowy federal agency that wants to harness her unprecedented gift for turning fire into a weapon of mass destruction. Her father taught her how to defuse her power, but... As Charlie turns 11, the fire becomes harder and harder to control when a mysterious operative finally finds the family. He tries to seize Charlie once and for all. But she has other plans. Does she burn him up? Charlie is, I would assume, short for Charlotte. Is that correct? Or Charlene. It's a very... Charlene's a... Ooh, yeah. So anyways, I did not see that in theater because... Well, yeah, reason. Yeah, I'm, what the radio listener didn't see was me just broadly gesturing at everything surrounding us. <laughs> yes, which is the largest fire in New Mexico and history. You've erased yeah. all Prodigy songs off of your Spotify playlist. Yeah, yeah. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now that now I actually have seen enough of the original movie to know about it, and it, that one's not actually not too bad. I mean, it's not a horror movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's more of a psychological... It's not a horror movie? Mm, well... A child sets people on fire. I believe that's also... That was horrific. Yeah, but it's not like the slasher type horror movie. Oh, okay. Or yeah, the okay. uh, real bad... Gruesome? Is that the word you wanted to use? Not really. Uh, more of the uh, psych- psychotic demon spirit type <laughs> things. This, you're kind of hitting every topic. You're except just, whenever I say one, you say no. You're describing every movie. That's not Leslie Nielsen right now. Oh, I'm a big Leslie Nielsen guy. Oh, same. Got a good program today. I am Fred Slow. You are Van Nunnery. Bob Walpo is making the show go around because Mike Vitale is on assignment. 4.30, Richard Pitino will join your boys. Talk a little bit about his basketball team. He's got two big recruits. Also, I think got a big camp coming up. So we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that too. So touch base with uh, Coach Patino. I think we should enjoy that greatly. 5.30, just confirmed to me, Josh Sushan will be joining us. Voice of the Albuquerque Isotopes. More of a traditional handoff today to the Isotopes. But I know he was able to catch up with Chris Bryant today, who you're familiar with. Changed the entire freaking game for Major League Baseball arbitration. Yeah, we're um, birds of a feather with our mullets. What we have, we both have very tasteful mullets. That's what uh, me and Chris Bryant have in why, common. Why do you do that? Why do you put okay. yourself in the same ballpark as Chris Bryant just because you're many years late to a trend? Okay, look, number one, elite level athletes, the both of us. Number two, it's not true. Very tall and handsome. Uh, number three, multimillionaires, and then number four, the same mullet. We're the same person. You're not a multimillionaire. Why didn't Josh Sushan just interview me? This. I've, uh, folks, if you believe any of that, he also has a bridge to sell this you. Is, yes, and, so, and some uh, uh, sea, co- you know, uh, nice beachfront property in Arizona. Yeah, I got some oceanfront property. There's, what? There's not a. <laughs> there's an ocean in Arizona, according to George Strait. Okay, there is if you believe any of what he just claimed. What Van is selling? The thing about arbitration is, it's not always a good thing. You can go to arbitration and then lose. That just happened to Tyler O'Neill in St. Louis, baseball player, mm-hmm. little outfielder. He's very good. He was like, yeah, I think I'm worth like four and a quarter. You don't have to hold a bat when you say baseball. Like, I don't know what a baseball player is. Well, I don't know if you know. Does average sports fan know who Tyler O'Neill, the baseball player, is? No. 
Cardinals fan does. Uh, fantasy baseball player does. Seattle Mariners fan because they lost him. They lost yeah. him. Yeah. But, yeah, the because uh, he went up for like four and a quarter. He's like, I'm worth four and a quarter. The Cardinals are like, all right, let's go to arbitration. He got three and a half. Well, they're both wrong this year because he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to suck. Josh will be with us at 5.30 and talk a little bit about Chris Bryant. We've got some cool stuff going on in the community this Saturday if you want to join your boys. When are you out Saturday, man? Uh, I'll be there from 1 to 3, I believe. Okay. So out at Cottonwood Mall this Saturday, you'll be there 1 to 3. Correct. I will be there like 11 to 1 or something. Okay. And then we'll be hanging out, taking donations for the Salvation Army in Las Vegas, New Mexico. And we're really excited about this one. So obviously there's a lot going on in the community as it relates to the largest fire in the history of the state, Bob. Did you hear me on that? Yes. Thank you, uh, government official that uh, okayed the prescribed burn that started it. This I don't. So and I don't actually, I've heard rumor on this. Okay. But I heard they were well within conditions. I heard it was supposed to go smoothly. And this one is like freak. This is the start to this was like a freak occurrence. I don't care. I think it was April, the windiest month of the year. It's the worst time to start a fire. That's correct. You're correct. There's no good time to start a fire. So I, I would say December. Forestry is who does that. Still not a good time to start a fire, Bob. What? Well, a prescribed burn <laughs> a to better time, take maybe. out some of the fuel load that has built up. Well, because, never mind. To be fair. Mm, to be fair. You can't start a fire in like a wet time because then it won't burn. So you have to start a fire. It's like not a with per- that attitude, it won't. I, what do you, I mean, come on. I just, I don't, I'm not smart, so I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> but what I do know is. There are people who are like, and by it was two fires that combined. It's not even like it was one fire. Mm-hmm. The other one, I think, was like a down power line or something. It was. So, anyways, it's Saturday. <laughs> Salvation Army's opening up a brand new location in Las Vegas, New Mexico, and uh, you know I have rich, strong ties to Las Vegas. Yeah. And we set up a drive, not to name any names, but people that move stuff around here to take a lot of donations and those donations include like snacks and drinks and personal hygiene items and and there's a whole bunch of stuff and i'll and we'll read through it throughout the program but here's the thing if you show up and see your boys this weekend and you bring a donation you come and see hang out with us at we're at cottonwood mall right cottonwood on the east side i believe on the west side on the west side of town of town well, yeah. Uh, it's on the east on side the, of the mall. East side of the mall. But oh, the west yeah, side yeah, of yeah. town. Just want to make sure we're very clear. So Cottonwood, where it's, it's traditionally at, we didn't move yes. it. Yes. So as you recognize Cottonwood, <laughs> but on the the mountain side of Cottonwood. Sure. <laughs> so we will be there. And if you bring us stuff to bring to the Salvation Army, here's what we'll do for you. We'll give you some ticks. Yeah. And you're like, Fred, ticks? Like, that's the jam. What kind? Literally whatever kind you want. We got isotope sticks. Boom. UNM ticks. Wowza. There's balloon fiesta ticks. Feel the heat. There. What am I missing? Are there other ticks? Those are like the prime ones. But there's a lot of freaking ticks, and we can give them all to you. United. If United ticks are in the mix, yeah. There's a lot of ticks. Yeah. So come and see your boys this Saturday. Uh, drive up, say hi, shoot the crap. You know I'm not going to run you off. I don't care how long that line gets. Hang out. I'll talk to you about anything you want. Also. Uh, included in the gifts can be animal supplies. Pet okay. food. Oh, good okay. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are on it today, Bob. That's the way it should be. 
make sure I got this one here. <laughs> From the yeah. text line, Bob, this yes. is for you. I agree with the man behind the curtain. I don't know about what subject, but somebody agrees with you for something. There you go. So you're off to a good start. Hygiene items, baby items, formula, diapers, linens, pillows, towels, toys and books, snacks and drinks, flashlights, batteries, phone chargers, sunscreen, new socks, undergarments, and flip-flops. And although we are excited for your donation and your effort, we don't necessarily need used clothes of any kind. We don't necessarily need like household items. We don't necessarily need appliances or, or beds or used beddings. No, nothing of that nature. Okay. Yeah, this is like, think like single-use stuff that can go to people who are like displaced or people that might not necessarily have access. I'll give you an example. Only, I think late last week, did like the Walmart reopen in Las Vegas. Yeah. Think not stuff you put on the floor of your home, stuff you put in the cabinets of your home. That's how I feel. Yeah. So there you go. So if uh, if you're in, uh, you don't even have to say so right now. Just show up. Show up on Saturday. And then after you make your donation, what we'll do is we'll say, hey, uh, what kind of ticks are you trying to get? And then we'll escort you to that tick location, and we will disperse them Vanna White style. Okay. Is that correct? I don't know which style we um, disperse them, but Vanna White's probably the best of all of them. Uh, as far as delivering prizes? Yeah. The list of people who deliver prizes is not long. We'll do it in a much more tasteful manner uh, than <laughs> Donald Trump with toilet paper in Puerto Rico. <sighs> that was unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Van. It will be much classier than that effort. Ed McMahon delivered prizes. Oh, I think door that's to a door. Good one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's probably the best one. What was it pub- for Publishers Clearinghouse? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward, uh, I think, is... I wouldn't called. have minded him showing up with a check for a million dollars. I don't know, 30, 40 bucks is a good start for me. Yeah, you're, bet you're a cheap date. We yeah, stopped in. Totally. We stopped in the casino yesterday. Me and my lady were on our anniversary weekend this past weekend. Oh, cool. congratulations. So we stopped in. Fred this. and your unnamed partner, which we won't say on the air to protect her privacy. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's a thing I do. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't say, blame her. Yeah, I don't say names. So as we were coming back, we stopped at the casino. We were like, we'll just put in $20. We go in. We play $20. About seven minutes later, we're up to like $60. We're yeah. like, it's time to go. <laughs> Quit while you're ahead. Stopped and got a nice burger on the way back. It was a nice little. A Laguna burger? So we weren't that direction. Oh. Yeah, we were in Taos, the aforementioned. We're about 17 minutes away from Coach Patino joining us when we get back. The NBA draft matters, man. I'm going to tell you all about it. Are you are you are you okay? Do you have a fever? Uh, you think the draft matters? The NBA draft is the most important thing in all of sports. Okay, tell me all about it. We are two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I nine, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. Also, welcome to the team, Hollow Spirits. Hey. We're super pumped about this one. We're live from Hollow Spirits tomorrow, Bob. Don't know if you know that. Got a brand new patio going in. Cool. You you want to come hang out or new menus dropping? Oh, you got to be here. Oh, the new menu is dropping tomorrow. Yeah. Talk about that at length. Okay. You know they use Teller Vodka over there. Also a friend of the show. Ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Back on the program, talking round ball. I guess most sports are called round ball. I don't. I mean, that's basketball though. A little oblong ball. Am I right? Mm-hmm. That's. I, so what's that? Rugby. 
I think probably rugby or American football, either one. Speaking of American football, the NFL draft does not matter. The NBA draft does. Joining us on the program, Lenny, if I know how to work these buttons. I think I think I didn't get it. It never works for me. I can't figure it out, Bob. I'm an idiot. Lenny, yeah, welcome you, to the program. You, you got me this time. So I'm going to ask a question, <laughs> but I want you to answer this question at the end when I'm off. Ready. You were describing a, place, a baseball. Can you hear me? Yep. You were describing a player and holding up a bat in a radio studio to describe that he was a baseball player to radio listeners who can't see him. That is accurate. Well, we have a live stream. You should check out the live stream on the social oh, no, media. But I'm just saying in general, if we're in a car, we're not on a live stream. 50-50, I would well, say probably. Lenny, to be fair. No. To be fair. <laughs> no, to be fair. He was describing him to me, not to the audience. He was describing a nondescript baseball player holding a bat. But without the audience, you don't have a show. Well, for a lot of years, uh, we didn't have an audience. But, I mean, Lenny, we just did the best we could, so... Well, no, that's fine. I'm just joking hey, around, but I'm just saying, ask, you, know, you get a lot of people that'll do that. Ask my, ask my therapist, Lenny. This like, show does not stop. Right. <laughs> so now let's get to the NBA. Boston just took it in the shorts because they just lost Marcus Smart and Tyler and uh, Horford for tonight's game. Mm-hmm. So now Boston loses by about ten. No, they have Jason Tatum. You just lost the defensive player of the year. You also lost the center that could body up Bam Adebayo. Even with Robert Williams, Adebayo is a better center. I will buy the argument that playoff time is defensive time. I will buy that. I will also okay. buy the argument that playing at home makes you a big winner and the Miami Heat are at home tonight. Right. J- Jimmy but Butler. You, also had smart, you have also had Jimmy Butler, who's playing out of his mind, averaging oh, so twenty nine points. My dad. So you would still put Smart on him occasionally just to frustrate him. Well, I agree. Yes, I agree with that approach. But no one can stop Jimmy Butler. He's everyone on the court's father. Jimmy okay, Butler. Now, who's the better two way player, Tatum or Butler? Tatum, not even close. He's the best player in the NBA. Right. Well, okay. That's for an argument for another game. I think but, he's the best player. I mean, he's from the best city, St. Louis. He plays on the best team, Boston. And the only player that is second to him in the game, like this upcoming series, is Jimmy Butler. So that makes Jason Tatum number one, Jimmy Butler number two. But Jimmy Butler is everyone's father. Okay. For the playoffs, I'll agree with you. Overall, no, I won't. You think it's Jimmy Butler? No. I would take Donich over Tatum. What? He's not even yeah. in this series. <laughs> and we, well, no, we're talking about overall who's the better player. Not playoffs. Overall. Tatum's worked his way up, and yes, Donich can't cover a cold. But what he does offensively, Tatum still hasn't reached that level yet. Hey, Van, Luca and Jason Tatum both took number three overall. Just saying. It's the most important draft in the whole thing. Just saying. But now let's go to the draft, and I'll go with my Knicks. Okay, so they have two picks. This is a week. This is not a exciting draft at the top. It's evenly spread out, so you can get a good player in the first fourteen picks. Oh, I agree. But you're gonna you're gonna see some trades, and after the implosion of the Suns, don't be surprised if after the draft you still see a sign and trade for DeAndre Ayton. There's no way because the. The Suns have to pay Booker 
um, Supermax because he made all pro, pay Bridges his money. If they pay Aiton his money, they go into the uh, tax. Sarver doesn't like to pay the tax. Well, they can afford it, and they got like a rabid fan base finally no, in Phoenix. No, affording it and doing it are two different things. Some owners want to pocket the money and not spend it to a certain point, and that's exceeding the cap. When does Chris Paul's money come off? This year. He's a free agent after the season. I don't think third oh, year was gosh. guaranteed. Yeah, I think, I think the only first two were guaranteed. All right, so hear me out. I think, I think Lenny is right. No, I don't. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Aiton's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. I agree. He has to stay. But he will be max money. And if he doesn't stay, somebody will sign him, sign and trade max money like Lenny's talking about, and you're going to end up with a lot of futures. And because the draft well, matters, you make the trade. Isn't a lot of player, there isn't a lot of teams this year that have the money to spend on free agents. I mean, that's what it looks like. I mean, they all figure it out, though. Like every well, team, no, they'll figure it out. I mean, look at the Lakers; they figure it out, and they always make themselves worse. Well, okay. I mean, those they were champions like two years ago. It was pretty good. But you want... you, then, if you're the Nets, and you have to let Kyrie opt in, you know who Kyrie's agent is this year. Kyrie. No, his sister. <laughs> Same thing. Same. <laughs> I mean, and then Harden is going to opt in. And if you're and it's a player option, so he's going to opt in. There's no way after this season right. I'm paying him 220 million for four years, so he can look like he's been working at Burger King for 35. It's actually his stepmom. It's not even his sister. This is this is the uh, weird stepmom. Oh, yeah, this is the I mean, weirdest you porn story I've ever read. So, so this is the uh, this is the flat earther committee that's taken yeah. over. Okay. I would love to see all the res- regular season hero playoff losers all join forces. You got Chris no, Paul, I mean, Russell Westbrook, yeah. James Harden, mm-hmm. like, and then maybe even Kyrie I too. Just put up stats, just form like a really crappy Voltron, and to see what they could do next year. No, I mean it's just terrible. If you're the Nets or any team that signs Kyrie. And now we got off of the draft, but if you that's right. anyone's like, you can't let Kyrie go, oh, I need a week off for my sister's birthday, and then I need the two weeks off for this. No, you're playing the whole damn regular season, and if you want a week off for your sister's birthday, every game you miss is a game check. You're talking Period. Rodman rules, because only, mm-hmm. only Rodman gets to take off to go compete on Monday no, Night saying is how many You saw that where Kyrie takes off for his sister's yeah. birthday for a week. You can't have that with a superstar making $50 million. Well, I agree completely with that. Also, if I'm an NBA team anywhere in this country, even if it's a dumb one like Brooklyn that no one like even recognizes as a team because the only team in New York is the Knicks, I would say. Well, no, no, and, and here's the thing is, I, I said this on the morning show, the Nets make $900,000 less per game than the Knicks do. Yeah, because they're losers. It's a, they have right. a loser they, fan they base. Make, it's like they the Islanders. Million. No, here's, it's the difference of, I, I don't know if you've ever been to a game. In, you know, you've been to a game in California. So the yeah. games in California, for the Staples Center, or whatever it's called now, crypto, you want to yeah. be seen at the game, but you're not really into the game. You're describing every in, fan base that is, isn't in the Midwest. In Brooklyn versus New York. In Brooklyn, you want to be seen 
and I'm at the game, and it's the cool arena. But when you want to play and be heard and fans get into it, that's the Garden, the mecca of sports. Well, the, the Garden's both. You go and be seen, but you actually show up on time and cheer. And that, and Barclays is not that. Barclays is like we're gonna we're gonna claim Jay Z owns us, but it was like one fifth of one percent. And yeah. right, but the money that they thought they were gonna make on all the uh, on all the events out there, because the owner of the Nets is the half owner of Valley Baba. That is correct. Yes. So he's spending huge money on the tax, and he owns the arena, and he's bleeding money. Okay, so according right to, and we're up against it, we got to get Coach Patino, but Lenny, you're the best. According mm-hmm. to the bar, uh, like uh, the quickest, world's quickest Google search, the largest events ever done at the Barclays Center are all WWE events. Nice. So they're not drawing. No one goes to the Barclays Center for basketball. They go for the vendors around to get a kale salad or get their Birkenstocks <laughs> refurbished. This is Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn hasn't been Brooklyn in 30, 40 years. I really like Lenny when he calls because I feel like we're often on the same page. I have no idea how to dump calls, so if it's not dumped and Lenny, you're still sitting there, I apologize. It's a, I'll tell you what it is. I have a gentle touch on these like production buttons, and I think they need like a jab. Yeah, slam them home. Yeah, I think it's like a, you know where you get like a collapsible ladder? That's what I think it is. Like you really have to just let that let that guy fly. Tom at home makeover what? mode. What? Coach Patino, whenever we get back from the break. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 6 in. D, Sports Animal. Back on the program. Welcome to 4.30. Traditionally, that's a quitting time, Bob. So, welcome to the car. Welcome all the friends of the show and welcome Coach Patino to the program. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing good, brother. Welcome back to the program. We're excited to talk about some new signees to the program. We're excited to talk about the transfer portal. Uh, but you got a big basketball camp coming up, huh? We do. You know, it's it's um, it was hard to really get a jump on it when we first got the job because of COVID, um, and then during the season we just weren't sure how it was going to kind of all pan out um, because there was vaccine mandates and masks and the whole deal. So. Got kind of a late jump on it, but we really want to, as we move forward with building the program, we got to get the community back involved. And so much of that is starting with your summer camps and doing those things. So, you know, June 27th uh, to the 30th, Monday through Thursday, um, you know, third grade and up, we've we, we made it very, very affordable, and we want everybody to be a part of it and really build it, you know, build the program, build the camps, and keep moving from there. Coach, how does the community, how do our friends of the show get involved with this camp? Well, I, I tweeted it out earlier. It's richardpatinobasketballcamps.com. You can sign up on there. Um, and, you know, so we've been trying to be as active as possible in, in the social media part of it, and then as well as going around uh, to elementary schools and passing out flyers and doing all those things. So as much as you guys can help spread the word, um, or if it's word of mouth or whatever. I mean, we know Albuquerque is a small community, um, and they love their Lobos, so we want them to be a part of this basketball program, and, and those camps are a great way to do it. A lot of former Lobos going to be out there? 
You know, we've talked to a couple of them um, about coming out and working them as well as our players. Um, you know, so as much as they're allowed to do, we want to do. Um, you know, so it's a good way to get our players involved and, and, and meet people throughout the community as well as former players who are in town to help out as well. So graduation just commenced, and obviously that's that's like a really important day, and I think in everyone's life. What is that day to you, Coach? What is that to see – like some of the players that you've had, you know, obviously you're still you haven't had a full run of, of any player yet here in New Mexico. But what is that like to you to see athletes go on and, and leave the university and start the rest of your lives? What does graduation day mean to you? You know, it's it's funny because coaches get a bad rap because we get paid the money and, and you know, we're about winning and losing and so on. But honestly, I get I got into college coaching. Like the majority of these coaches, to see players in their formative years grow, evolve, become better people, become better friends, husbands, and so on, but to graduate, to get their degree. It's become very unconventional where transfers as well as guys are maybe going early to the pros. I had two kids in Minnesota go early to the NBA. So you're fighting to get them back to get the degree because you know you're going to want to do it. So it's a special time, and we didn't have Saquon Singleton graduated. He's moving on to George Mason, but – um, when you are with them from the start, uh, that's really where it becomes special. So it's a great time of year. I mean, town was really buzzing. I went to the Isotopes game the other day, and uh, there was 15,000 people there, and you could Pretty tell good. a lot of them were coming from graduation and so on. Coach, a couple big transfers recently. Let's hit on that in a minute. But first, let me pitch this for you. I can see it already. Okay. I don't know how familiar you are with New Mexico and Albuquerque nomenclature. But your newest recruit, I can see it on signs in the student section. See where you're going. I can see it in banners in the rafters. Forward, Josiah Allsick. Ooh, I like it. (laughs) What I told him was when I was recruiting him, and we really, really wrestled with his decision because he had some really good options. And I said, Josiah, I said, at the end of the day, don't stress because you have a beautiful head of hair, and you could always yeah. fall back on that. So, pretty good look. <laughs> but he's uh, he was a great get. Um, we had a very very productive spring. We got a lot better. You know, it's hard when you first take over a job. You really just don't know what you have. And our first eight players that we added never visited campus. We never wow. met them face to face. The only one that I had ever met face to face was Jamal Mashburn Jr. So. Um, We've now got a class of five, three high school seniors, and then two transfers, and we're really excited about it. We think we we addressed some very, very important needs in the spring. We obviously had good guard play last year, but we were not big enough and strong enough, and by adding Morris and Josiah, we did that. Josiah, Alec, and then obviously talking about Morris Udesi, the I mean, you're talking about a lot of size, Coach. You're not talking about a little bit of size. So Josiah, 6'8", 240, Van. So that's two inches taller than me, but in shape with with a beautiful carrot top head of hair. Yes, sir. Yeah. So so you're looking at, obviously, well, with the guard play. Oh, go ahead, Coach. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, with the guard play that you already have established and, and now some guys who got collegiate minutes under their belts playing closer to the rim, I mean, this could be this could be a real quick change to this ball club. Well, and that's the thing that's kind of hard in today's world because you can appear to flip it very quickly. Like two two seasons ago, we finished last in the Mountain West. Uh, last year, we finished ninth. 
but we could make a jump or at least perceived by it by the transfer portal. Um, so my whole thing is, and I'm not trying to lower expectations, but I just know how much time it takes. But what I will say is you always have to rely on your returners. And when you have guys like Jamal Mashburn Jr., uh, Jalen House, whose name is in the draft, but I think we anticipate he comes back, you've got veteran guards. You've got a great backcourt. You've got K.J. Jenkins, who almost averaged uh, double figures. You know, so Donovan Dent is a guy who a lot of people believe should be in the Pac-12, and we feel like we recruited a terrific one out of there along with Quentin and Braden. But um, I li- what I like about Josiah and Morris they didn't go to like a high major and not play. They were at schools where they produced. Sure. So they've got that body of work to where their roles shouldn't change a whole lot. The jersey may change. So we're going to need them to produce like they did. Um, so I feel good about it. Now, you never know what could happen. Knock on wood, you got to stay healthy. I had, I've had several teams in the past that I really liked and were decimated by injuries. But I love the direction of the program. Um, I felt like we had to build a foundation first, and it wasn't going to be flipped all on transfers. I love the young players in the program. I love the young players that we added. Uh, but I'm excited to get going and get these guys on campus here in June. Coach, what, is, what does this do for the chalkboard? What does this do for game planning where you turn a perceived weakness from last year uh, almost overnight into a perceived strength? Well, my – third year at the University of Minnesota, I I had inherited an older team my first year. We won the NIT. Um, Then we were on the bubble the second year. My third year, we won eight games, and everybody was all over me. And I decided to rebuild and start from the ground up with young players. I added some transfers, and we were a five-seed in the NCAA tournament. We were top four in the Big Ten. And somebody had asked me once, what did you do to change it? Did you do an off-season program? Did you – I said, I got better players. Nah. I said, I recruited. And so with the core that we have and the guys we brought in, you talk about the chalkboard and so on, I think we have flexibility. We're, we're not necessarily going to be stuck doing one thing. Like if you watched our team last year, it was very, very guard heavy with Mashburn and House, a majority of the usage. Well, that was by design. I think we're going to be much more versatile, um, my goal is to have five guys in double figures. You know, I don't want it to be so, you know, just guard heavy. You know, I want to be able to play team basketball um, and play a variety of ways. And I think that we added that versatility. So knock on wood, we stay healthy, we stay hungry. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of viable options. The transfer portal, I think, has a little bit more notoriety like through the fan base now that players have always transferred. It's always existed. It's not like it's a brand new thing, but now there's different access to it. How do you feel it is muddied or how do you feel it has cleared the water coach as it relates to going out and getting players that are maybe looking to play at a different Institute? Well, the problem was, and, and I think it was not in a malicious way, but when the NCAA started giving out waivers, that was the problem. Waivers to be eligible right away versus sitting out. And all of a sudden, a second cousin was sick, and I had to move home or whatever. And people were manipulating the waiver. Some were legit, but for the most part, um, you would hear about certain things. And I think that's where the NCAA wanted to get out of the waiver business because some guys were getting waivers. 
Others were not, and all of a sudden on Twitter, people were crushing the NCAA. So they said, listen, let's, let's open it up. I think you've kind of had the apocalypse hit all at once where you had pandemic, you had transfer portal, and you had NIL all happen at once. And I actually I feel like I have a different job. I mean, I've been in this profession for 17 years, and I'm not complaining, but it's really changed. And so the whole notion that a kid does not have to sit out anymore – has really, really impacted our game. And you just have to be – that's why people say to me all the time, well, you got to feel good about the team. And I'm like, well, it's only only May. I I don't – you know, we got to get to the games first before I know whatever may happen. But um, you just try to control what you can control and keep building as strong of a program as possible. In the absolute best direction they could possibly be, the New Mexico Lobos. Coach, thank you so very much. Anything we missed before we let you go? No, I appreciate you guys and all your support and, and uh, letting me certainly talk about the program. And like we said before with camp, we got to get this community back involved in everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we want them to be a part of it. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Coach Patino, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, a, Coach. He's excellent. You don't say. He gets it. There's so much good momentum with both of our major sports programs here, like football and basketball have great coaches, great leaderships. Yeah. And I just see the trajectory going straight up for both these programs. Well, and for real, trying to catch up with women's basketball. Yeah. I mean, that's the for no, real. No doubt. Like, I mean, they're, they're established. Hey, there. women's sports in general. They know how to go here at the University of New Mexico. Two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Sir, do you got the first pick? And then, right. yeah. And they're like, now you, know, you just get a bigger percentage. You're not guaranteed, right? So like it, it, so it works in tiers. So like, I might not get this perfect, but work with me. So like, Houston and Orlando and Detroit, which are all in their own way, very beautiful cities, mm-hmm. all in a very more identifiable way, very terrible basketball teams. Yeah, they get a chance at like fourteen ish percent to be the number one. But as far as like teams that have a ten percent or better, there's like five or six teams, which is crazy. Could be anybody. So Houston, Orlando, Detroit, Oklahoma, and Indiana can all have a pretty legitimate shot, and then everyone else is kind of the outside looking in. Portland, Sacramento. That Lakers pick is in New Orleans now. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, good mm-hmm. for good for the Pelicans. If they get Zion to show up. That's an interesting one, right? If you have an all, if you have a squad that made the friggin' playoffs, and then you add a number one pick and you add a number eight pick or whatever it's supposed to be this year, could be number one pick. Who knows? Well, we were just talking about DeAndre Ayton. He's number one pick. You know, there's like, like the NBA draft is the one where it's like guys show up and they just kill right away. Well, it's insanely top heavy. No, all the way through. All first-round guys are the best. Nah, it's well, pretty rare. Well, No, 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 it is not. No, literally all the best guys. Not often do you get like a Jokic or a Kawhi at the end of the draft. It's always the top few picks. It's always, But it's everyone that gets picked. Like the number of players that don't get picked, they never end up being anything. Like the list of guys that go undrafted to go be really good – it's like two guys. Who go to Europe for a couple years and come back to the NBA and make an impact? Not even necessarily that. Pretty rare. Because those guys don't exist either. 
Like literally the best undrafted player ever, and I think it's not even really argued, is Ben Wallace. Sure. After that, who? John Starks, maybe? Maybe? There's no one after that. And if you want to talk to me about like Bruce Bowen, I don't care about Bruce Bowen. I don't care about Udonis Haslam. I mean, there's not s- stars that are undrafted, but there's, there's a lot of dudes on a lot of rosters who play a lot of minutes. Sure, and that's why I'm saying you draft stars. The only star in the NBA right now that's undrafted is Fred VanVleet. That's the only one. That's a good one, though. And how, but how many players are in the NBA, right? So the draft matters. Yeah. Because you can take first-rounder after first-rounder, and they're all going to hit. They all hit. No one ever misses. It depends on how high you get the pick on how big a bust it is. Because, you know, NFL, MLB, every single year somebody picks a handful of busts, it seems like the percentages are way lower in the NBA. It's so top-heavy. Everybody who gets drafted is going to contribute to your team one way or another. You know how, like, when we talk about the NFL draft and how it doesn't matter? Mm. It's because you'll have a, a handful of highlight guys who actually go on to be that thing. The NBA draft, there's a handful of highlight guys that don't. The draft matters, and it's going to be decided tonight. And obviously, we'll break that down while we are live tomorrow from Hollow Spirits for their menu release party. We're going to enjoy the heck out of that. Four to seven, come hang out with your boys. It's, it's day game baseball. Grab a break. Only 45 minutes left of the show. That's crazy, Bob. Flying by. Flying by. Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA Central Mexico. We're going to spend tomorrow at Hollow Spirits. Welcome to Team Teller Vodka, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. Welcome to quitting time if 5 o'clock is your quitting time. 45 minutes from now, we hand this program over to the Albuquerque Ice Stokes. You watch any baseball, man? Only all the time. Okay. Almost every day that baseball is on, you can see me watching baseball. We're about 35 games into the season, okay? Mm-hmm. I feel like 35 games is a pretty good sample size. Sure. You got an idea? Yeah. The New York Yankees. A quarter of the way through this mother. What? A quarter of the way. Who says that? People who know fractions. No one talks like that. The New York Yankees are 26 and 9. Are you kidding me? They're playing well. What? <laughs> In their last 35 games. They're 26 and 9. What? Best record in baseball. You don't say. Best winning percentage in baseball, duh, goes with having the best record. Best run differential. This is the best 35 game start since 1939. Ooh, that was a good year. Tying the start of the 1928 New York Yankees. The 28 Yankees were strong. Murderers row, dog. <laughs> 27, 28 Yankees. 
G-T-F-O-H. The 98 Yankees in June were like 46 and 13. This team is pacing. They're pacing. It's all Nestor Cortez Jr. No! No, it's not Nestor Cortez Jr. He's been lights out. He's unhittable. Garrett Cole who? We got reformed racist Nestor Cortez. Hey, super racist. He was super racist. He's like, this is one of those weird, like, in-bomb moments where he's, like, not racist. Like, right now? Where he's like, well, I don't know about now. I don't know the guy personally. But when he was 17 years old in high school, he's dropping in-bombs left and right on Twitter. I think he, like, genuinely felt like part of the community. And he had the freedom to drop in-bombs all over Twitter. Because he seemed very comfortable using it. What is he, Cuban? He's Cuban. Born in Cuba. Family from Cuba. Grew up in Florida. I mean, I feel like that's a very similar... I don't know enough to know. Okay, the two whitest dudes on earth. Like, do we know how black a Cuban is? Like, what does their 23andMe look like? Is that what we're talking here? Did you see his new cleats the other day? Did you see this thing? I did not see his new cleats. So he got these cleats. Okay. And on the inside, so you you know how a shoe is traditionally shaped? Cool. Mm-hmm. So on the inside of the shoe, so I'm not talking like where you put your foot in, but the inside like as two feet face each other. Okay. There are like little brushes on them to knock like dirt off the other cleat. So if you were to rub one cleat on the inside of the cleat, I see what you're saying. Self, well, not quite self-cleaning because it takes physical effort, but almost self-cleaning cleats. And it's like it's like a brush, but it looks a lot like a like a Bruce Souter mustache. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Nestor Cortez Jr. has a Bruce Souter mustache on his face already. He's very weird. So this is like a, it's a combination of fashion and function that I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at all. That's very cool. I got it pulled up right here. That's very interesting. And you know what's interesting to me and is all the, all, like every mound in baseball has the 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 dirt brush right behind the mound. So and that's the thing. I don't know if this is for brushing dirt or straining soup. Because Or it's just like a it's for aesthetics. It's to mock his sexy mustache. You know because when you play for the Yankees, that's all you can have is a mustache. Also, you're like, you're like, I don't know if I could love Nestor Cortez any, anymore. And I know that's for you all based off his tweets. But these, these cleats. As a guy who grew up with uh, hip-hop culture and hip-hop nomenclature, uh-huh. I understand his teenage zeal. <laughs> but uh, someone had to tell him that, hey, Nestor, um, hey, Nestor Cortez Jr., Figure it out. It's a uh, you're you're not black. There are a handful of words that just don't need to be typed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll even argue they don't even need to be spoken. Sure. Outside of the community. N- well, hold up. If you're in the community, go crazy. I'm not the one to say what the rules are in this thing because I'm not the one. But I'm the one to say what the rules are in my thing. Yeah. And my thing is, even if you're in the community, don't talk to me like I am. Don't try to bring me into the community. 
Speaking of community, let me pat myself on the back here. I'm not a member. Throughout my years, I had a lot of friends of color, and often they have given me the impasse. No. Never once have I used that impasse. No, impasse. In they, private or <laughs> in public. They don't want either. you to keep going. They say this is an impasse <laughs> for We're, us. We are at an impasse. Yeah, we need you to stop. <laughs> and I was like, I appreciate the gesture. I'll wear it with a badge of honor. No. But I will never use it. Is this is this a Hed- Mitch Hedberg joke? Is no, that what no, you're no, doing? No, maybe my cadence sounded like it, but it was not. The Yankees have gone back-to-back on home runs four different times this season. Anthony Rizzo has been a part of all of that. That's very Oprah of him. We're going to talk to Josh Sushan at 530. He talked to Chris Bryant today. Do you want to keep naming really good players that aren't on the Cubs anymore? Nah. There's a lot of them. Javier Baez in Detroit. Kyle Schwarber in, I think, Cleveland. Go Fish. Philadelphia. Thank you. Everyone, basically everyone except for uh, Wilson Contreras is gone. Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks. Starling Marte. That's the last two. Was he in Chicago? He was. No, nah, he wasn't in Chicago. One of them was. He was a pirate. Ah, yeah. Same division. Pittsburgh, not Caribbean. DJ LeMayhew. Unreal. This whole team's unreal. This team's going to win 100 games. And I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy right now. The Yankees have to win one like every couple years, or it doesn't count anymore. Well, last decade was the first decade that they didn't win a championship. From the live chat, Lester is gone too. Super gone. Former St. Louis Cardinal. Literally everyone except for Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks is gone. Yeah, they're not. They're not great. I would hate to be a Cubs fan. Oh, surprise, surprise. The Red Sox fan says, won't last. Yankees will choke. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Your homerism showing. Listen to this. They've been good for a few years now. They just haven't put it together. The first trio of Yankees to have 10 home runs apiece through 35 games. And I don't just mean Yankees. I mean ever in the history of baseball. So through 35 games, the first trio of players – to have greater than 10 home runs is Judge, Stanton, and Rizzo. What? What do you do there? Who do you pitch around? They have 32 home runs between three guys in 35 games. There's games where multiple-time All-Star, MVP vote-getter, DJ LeMayhew bats eighth. Correct. He bats eighth some nights. That's how good this lineup is. It's unfair how good the Yankees are. It's good for baseball because everybody needs a villain. And I appreciate it because that the cheating letter that the Yankees trying to hide came out. Not only did the cheating letter come out, now they're the best team in baseball. And it takes a little heat off of my cheating Astros. So thanks, guys. Appreciate you, New York. Good looking out. So the Yankees never cheated. Yes, they did. Bob, they did not. Van, are are you saying you're thankful for the small things in life? Only always. (laughs) So who cheated? No one except for the except for the Houston Astros. Yeah, it wasn't widespread out of for all of baseball, and the Astros fell on the sword. That's not what happened. 
That's how much the Yankees suck. The Yankees even suck at cheating. The Astros were better at cheating than the Yankees. <laughs> that That's not exactly a distinction that you want, I think. Well, tell that to the Patriots. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to go there. I don't mind the Patriots cheating. They're winners. The they Astros, were. though. They cheated and lost. Bunch of losers. The Astros, since they cheated, they're basically the Bills now. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. At least they're fun to watch. <laughs> I, I'm i going to be the guy that's like, I think they can sustain it. I'm going to be the guy they can. they can. They stay healthy. They can sustain it. That's all there is to it. They're that loaded. How many more 35-game spans are there this season? Five, almost? Did you hear me say a quarter of the season's gone? Four. <laughs> I think the correct answer is three. How many games are there? 162? Three and some change. Almost a quarter. Almost four of them left. Four of them left? Mm-hmm. Almost. Edward James. Can they win 126 games? They just got to win, what, 118? That's crazy because yeah. they can. Did I say that right? Seattle's 117? Is that right? The 2001 Seattle Mariners? It's 117? I don't think that's correct. It might be correct. They had 116 wins. 116. And if you remember, that was the start to the weird money ball stuff because the A's had like 102 wins that season. Mm. And they're like, we just can't compete. And you're like, yes, you can. You just did it. You you had 102 wins. In any year that's not the record-setting year of 116 wins, that is very good. You should be proud of yourself. Yes, you sh- you're actually not doing poorly. You're doing very well. Baseball's doing very well. Two men on, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. Play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. Welcome, everyone, for the hot, hollow summer, hollow spirits. New friend of the show will be live from there tomorrow for the entirety of the broadcast, 4 to 7 p.m. in Van. Yes, sir. You know, Teller Vodka's hanging out with your boys, too. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Grandma, llama, monkey, and pajamas. Wrapping up. Wrapping up baseball talk before we go on to the football talk. From the live chat, friend of the show, Craig, says Yankees rely too much on the long ball. Here's the thing, Craig. You talking about Major League Baseball? Major League Baseball. So... The ball has been deadened. Do you want to go on? I'll go on, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So they put out there a dead, dumb ball. How many baseballs are gone through in like a major league game? It's like hundreds, right? Sure. Yeah. And it's hard to have like the exact same thing all the time. It's not like in NFL football or NBA basketball or NHL pucky. I don't know what word to use there. Yeah. By the way, NHL playoffs are going on. Some teams are advancing. Some aren't. Updates on that at a a future time in the program. Fred, you know I'm a baseball dork. Sure. And I was looking into this dead ball thing. Oh, were you? And I found a report that balls hit with the same launch angle okay. and the same exit velocity uh-huh. are going 12 to 16 feet shorter this year. You know what that is? So those right-over-the-fence home runs from last year mm-hmm. are now at the warning track. Those little wall skimmers? Yes, sir. The Yankees, specifically those three cats we're talking about, Judge... 
uh, Rizzo and uh, Giancarlo Michael Stanton. Mm-hmm. <coughs> they don't care what ball they're hitting. Well, they those can hit are, a mush ball. Those are the big dogs. They got all of them. They don't have. It's not like D Gordon. No, like they're going to hit it forty feet past the wall anyway. No matter what, they don't care what ball it is. It's your other guys, your smaller guys. Oh, Tyler O'Neill's. Yes, yes. That's why he sucks this year. He sucks because all of his wall skimmers. Yeah, that just barely went over the glove of Byron Buxton last year. Now those are all outs. The only guy who should be mad about this dead ball is Jim Edmonds because he can't go and make sweet highlight catches every game. And trust me, I have warning track power. Me personally, I get it, guys. I understand your pain. The Yankees will not stop hitting home runs. That's not a thing. You know what they did? They got a bunch of guys who from that one side of the plate can hit the ball really far. You know what's on the other side of that plate? A very short porch. Mm-hmm. Yes. They just crack dingers over it. I don't care. Don't care. Hey, uh, I need to get into the cage, do a little batting practice. We're going to work on lifting the hands a little bit, raising the knob, trying to advance a runner. But no, nope, nope. Sorry, Skip. Just gonna, just going to crack freaking dingers over here. You let the guys built like Van hit the singles. Yeah. We're going to hit dingers, coach. That's You know what I think I'm going to do, coach? Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and hit dingers. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you do? You know, Giancarlo, power is down all around baseball. You might, you might want to squeeze in a little cardio. Join the rest of the guys and hitting singles, stealing some bases. Hey. No. I'm going to hit this out of the park, coach. Hey, Aaron, um, or is it Joe Giardi? It's Aaron, right? So, hey, Aaron, I'm going to go ahead and hit homers. Forget behind the runner? Are you kidding me? Like, elevate the count? Why? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care. Coach, I'm going to hit singles by accident. Well, you know what might happen? They might throw you a junker out there, boy. You might get a a slider or something off speeds. I'm a major league baseball player. I got here by hitting everything. I'm only hitting doubles when the wind's blowing in, Coach. Yeah. (laughs) You know what else I'm doing? Selling jerseys and taking a cut. Yeah. You know what else I'm doing? Taking out insurance on myself. That's a real thing. Mm -hmm. They should. They do. They they, Judge and and Stanton are both made out of paper mache. (laughs) So enjoy this run, Yankees fan. And this is that one year, I'm telling you. Because the Yankees have to win every three to ten years. Well, they didn't win all last decade. That's what so I'm saying. It's start, start due. over. Super due. Go out there, become the villain that you deserve to be, and just. And I'm not talking just beat. I'm talking embarrass. Small market teams embarrass. Big market teams that think they're the Yankees embarrass. Embarrass everyone. Do not at all care. That's the way baseball should be. Big old villain. Give me yes. The Yankees are Darth Vader. Yeah, baseball is better when the Yankees are doing good and the Yankees are the bad guy. All right, I got the end. Baseball sucks when the Astros are the bad guy and you boo that cute little sweet Jose Altuve. He did nothing wrong. Yeah. Him and Josh Reddick didn't cheat. It was everyone else. No, they <laughs> it's literally everyone else on the team. Just not the widow out Tuve. Through the first round in the NHL playoffs. All right, I got some I got some of them here for you. Ready? Hit me. 
So the Florida Panthers <gasps> are going to play the Florida Lightning. What? Did they changed their name to Florida, or are they still Tampa Bay? I mean, Tampa Bay, but it's oh, okay. the same, right? Florida on Florida. Tate, on the count of three, what city do the Panthers play in? One, two, three. Carolina. Nope. That is the football <laughs> reference. You referenced football. No one knows where the Florida Panthers play. Uh, Jacksonville. Don't know. Yeah. No I, one does. No, not even, literally no clue. Not even them. It's just an airport and ice to them. Is it Miami? No clue. I love how like Florida has two really good hockey teams. And there's never been ice in the history of the state of Florida. It just dangles off of the continent like America's wiener right into the Caribbean. Dog, they never, play. never once had ice there their whole lives. They literally play in Miami, and I had no clue. I had to Google it. Miami. You can't just say Miami. Hurricanes and the Rangers because the Rangers were able to beat Pittsburgh because they're a bunch of losers. The Penguins had the best player just wasted. I think they, he had some success already in his career. I think he's doing okay. So what? I like how you're that guy. Too. You're the apologist guy. He's won before. He's like the third best player in the history of hockey. <laughs> Steph Curry right now in the NBA has won four championships. Two with Kevin Durant, two without. He has to win this year. He's going to beat Dallas. He's going to get to the finals. Dallas ain't got a shot. And that is when he ha- that solidifies him as one of the greatest of all time. That's what when, this should be with hockey. Okay, when he wins three more, does that cement him as the greatest player of all time? Because ships, bro. He could win three more in a row. He's he done. easily could. He's going to play for a long time. He's got the body in the game to play for a long time. My St. Louis Blues are up against the Colorado Avalanche, and I feel like both those teams have pretty big fan bases. Colorado, they are crazy for hockey. Correct. And so is Colorado Avalanche yeah. and Denver University. So that will be an exciting one where both of the fan base that's my favorite part about hockey is to watch the fan bases go at yeah. each other. But leaving the best for last. The best matchup here is the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. Couldn't tell you anything about either team. Couldn't name a single player. I know they're both in Canada. And that's the only thing that matters in Canada. Is how your regional hockey team does. Mm-hmm. Is Ottawa still a team? And how your syrup selling? Yeah. How you... <laughs> let me see your. Or eight. Show me your numbers. Hey, let me see your syrup numbers here. Right. Hey, what's that? Is that a real maple or what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, your... well, how you tapping that guy over there? <laughs> is it straight from tree or yeah. you barrel agent? How does that work? Why well, you ask me if I'm tapping him? That's what I'm about. Canada hockey is better than anything we know. We can't equate anything that we have interest, passion, commitment, attention given to yeah. to Canadian hockey. Just cannot. And you're like, well, Fred, I'm a Raiders fan. What about when my Chargers play the Los Angeles Rams? No, no. it is not the same. Mm-hmm. It's religion. So anyways, I wanted to go to game seven, and at the end I want that to go to extra time. That's how I feel about that one. Nice. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Let me see that one. I just learned last week that the hockey playoffs are right now. Well, after the first round is when I think it matters. Before the first round, eh. Because the NBA playoffs steal it. Yeah. Does anything can happen. Because now that you're in the Eastern and Western finals, which, by the way, I think Lenny was right earlier. I think at home Miami's tough to beat anyways because everyone's father, Jimmy Butler, plays mm-hmm. 
but I don't think Dallas is going to win a game against Golden State. Oh, you're super wrong. How so? Yeah. No. They ball. Who? Luka? Luka. They got one. Who else they got? The rest of the team is pretty good. Nope. Too. Can't name a single one. He's got some supporters. No one scores any buckets. Dinwiddie put up 30 last game. Cool. Okay. One game. <laughs> That's one more than the number they're going to win against Golden State. Golden State is going to be sitting at a 4-0 sweep of this one, and they're going to wait three games as Boston and Miami just beat each other up. That's going to be a rough, be so old-school basketball series. That's when Jason Tatum goes to the top. Top, top. Jason Tatum could put up 60 tonight and lose. If Jason Tatum puts up 60 tonight, Boston winning. You think? Yeah, that's a mm. lot of points. Okay. Josh Sushan, whenever we get back, I know we got to go a little bit longer on this one. Right up until Ice Toast Baseball. I think A. Marie's here. So you know it's almost first pitch. So, yes. A. Marie, you joining us at our gong show? What's up? I think so. A. Marie, looking to join us at the gong show at Fusion Theater. Last Saturday of this month, what's that, the 28th? 28th, good sir. 28th this month. Our our soft opening at Fusion Theater killed. Killed. Our soft opening went hard. Yes. So the gong show, on the, are you going to do stand-up or juggle? What's your deal? I think I'm going to do stand-up. That's pretty smart. You're pretty funny stand-up. How's your we'll juggling? See. You want me to teach you juggling or no? No, you're good on that one. Do you know how to juggle? I'm very proficient. Both of us know Both how to us. juggle. We're like a. We juggled on a, a television one time. Yeah. A little inside baseball for the friends of the show. When Bob produces, instead of just showing the brake sign with his hands, he does it like four or five times in a row. Like he's slamming on the brakes of a car, like urgently. I'm like, well, no, I get Bob, I get it. I get it on the first one. We got a 30 second bleed here. You're going to do whiplash with your wrist. You're going to be frantic about it. You know the break, the universal brake sign. Two men on. 95.9 FM, AM 610. D. Sports Animal. Joining us on the program, friend of the show, Josh Sushan. Josh, welcome. There's a lot of things that are going on in Salt Lake today. Where do you guys want to begin? Uh, you want to go with call-ups? You want to go with, with something going on in the morning? You got Chris Bryant. You got automated ball strike system. It's a big day. I feel like this is a monumental day in minor league baseball, Pacific Coast League history, um, Rockies. I feel like it's a huge day. I feel like the Rockies could have waited a week to to work out Chris Bryant till we're back in Albuquerque. Yeah, that would have been the smart move. Yeah, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> not buying that one, Josh. Not into that one. Not so much. Yeah, let's <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to Brian Servin who got that call up today, huh? Going up to the big league club. Yeah, that was a uh it was a surprise to me. I didn't know that when I went to bed. I handed him his room key about 5.30, no, about 7.30 last night. And, and I sit- saw him leaving with a bunch of his teammates to go to dinner shortly thereafter. And um, I got to talk, uh, I asked Warren Schaefer about it. And uh, I guess they, they called him to say, like, where are you? And he was at some restaurant. So him and Jordan Pacheco went to the restaurant so that they could tell him in person. Oh, cool. I love right? that. Oh, wait. It would also would yeah. be cool if whenever Josh went to hand him the room key, he was like, ah, miss me with that. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah, forget Salt Lake. Yeah, so he finished dinner with his teammates and went back to the room and packed up and was probably on a flight first thing this morning and going to make his major league debut. What kind I of haven't ju- seen the lineup. Is he in the lineup? He, I don't think he is. Cause did he, okay. And he made it already? He's already at the game? I, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't no, think. I put it this way. 
if the Rockies formally announced it, they usually wait until the person has formally made it there before they announce it. So I would assume that he's there physically in person oh, by now. So, Josh, what's your vibe here? Is this a cup of coffee? Is this an injury fill-in? Or does the big club have their eyes on this guy as a piece of the team going forward? Good question. Um, it's not just an injury fill-in. Dom Nunez is healthy. He's been optioned back to us at Triple Albuquerque. So it's not that. Elias Diaz is still going to get the bulk of the playing time. Pretty good. I would think. But so, so then you kind of go process of elimination of what's next, right? They've liked Servin for a long time. They have raved about him for a long time. We've seen it in Albuquerque for one and one-fourth years now. He's really, really good defensively, and he's become a lot more consistent offensively. I mean, going into Sunday's game, he was 274 average, 413 on base, 521 slugging. He can hit. He can throw. He can really frame pitches extremely well. He's really good at stealing um, balls and turning them into strikes. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. I know the Rockies have liked him for a while. And put it this way, again, because it's not just a three-day or a seven-day injury, he's there until he – as long as he continues to produce, he's there until he's not, you know? Well, I got some good news for the Servin family. The Rockies gave him a low single-digit number. That's that's a good thing. That means you're there. That means you get to stay. (laughs) Okay, I love it. I love everything about it. You said today, Josh, that our robot overlords are taking over, calling balls and strikes. I would be like the first to uh, welcome them to our game that we love so very much and that um, all of the robot overlords that are moving forward with baseball, I'm a fan of them. And any repercussion they bring upon the fan base in the future, I do not want to suffer from. Josh, are you afraid to do any robot puns during the broadcast? My, wait, I'm sorry. Am I afraid to do any what? Robot puns. Ro- no, there'll be no robot puns. Oh, the game okay. moves so fast now, I don't have time for, for, for anything other than here's the pitch, ball. Here's the pitch, strike. Here's the pitch, base hit. And you're going to call it from the official behind the plate. It's not like you have a readout or any sort of inside access to red light, green light. Correct. I do not have any of that. Okay. Uh, it's in the room right next to me, so I don't know if I'm going to hear it through the walls or anything like that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm fascinated by what this is going to be, of how fast it's going to be, the umpire getting the call. Um, I'm fascinated by if catchers are going to continue to try to frame pitches the way that they have their entire lives. Nice. I'm curious if someone gets upset, if they're just going to like start pointing to the sky like an old man yeah. or pointing to – Pointing to you know where the cameras are located uh, that say whether it's a ball or a strike. Um, I'm fascinated how many times I'm going to disagree with a call by a computer compared to how many times I disagree with a call by an umpire. You know, um, yeah. How how we'll how many ways can you curse Bluetooth? That's yeah. That's the question. <laughs> the uh, Chris how about this? the umpires are have all have a specially uh, molded piece for their ear. So that the device sits in their ear more comfortably, so it's not like a uh, like an earbud that might like flop out or something if you okay. move your head. Uh, it like it's everyone had their ear specially um, like molded or whatever in, in the off season for the umpires. Okay, I gotta take care of your ear hole. I always say that. Chris Bryant playing tonight, and did he take batting practice? And did it sound more powerful and destructive than any other batting practice you'd ever heard? He's here. He's batting second. He's scheduled to play seven innings at left field. He did take batting practice. I was editing all of my pregame interviews and stuff like that while he was taking batting practice. So um, I heard a lot of loud flacks off the bat, 
but there was a lot of Phillips hitters who were uh, making a mockery of this ballpark during that round of BP. We got the starter, TBD. You got somebody slotted in, or are we having a bullpen day? Peter Lambert is also on a rehab assignment. Okay. He's going to go the first inning, and then Riley Smith is going to follow. Yeah, he got, you know, last year he was coming back from Tommy John surgery. He actually pitched for the Tokes a couple of times. And then this year in spring training, he had a little bit of a setback, and so the Rockies have been super careful with him. This is his first outing since spring training. Just going to go one inning. Um, but I'm excited for Pete, you know, to have him out there. I always nice. love watching Pete pitch. And, um, yeah, he's going to go one inning today, and then uh, later the series he's going to pitch a second time. You have been a part of some big names playing baseball in rehab or AAA level. How do the crowds come out? How's the crowd going to be at Salt Lake tonight to get a chance to seem like a to see a former MVP? I was told that they had a noticeable bump, and as I look down the line where the Isotopes dugout is, I see a lot of people wearing Cubs clothing. Nice. <laughs> not yes. Rockies, yeah. Okay. Not angels, not bees, not Isotopes. I see a lot of people wearing Cubs clothing, and um, you know, so the fact that all the TV stations came out here today from Salt Lake, you know, Chris Bryant's a big deal. Big you know, deal. I'm, you know, like, I mean, we had Matt Holiday and Ryan Howard as they were attempting comebacks. We've had Matt Kemp and Trevor Story. You know, famously, we had Manny Ramirez before I was with the Isotopes. So we've had some big names. We were here when Josh Hamilton was coming back from an injury about uh, six, seven years ago. So we've had some big names. But, you know, Bryant, you know, be, because of the Cubs fan base and because he was rookie of the year and then his second year he was MVP and then Helps them break the curse in year three, I think it was, of his of his time in the major leagues. I mean, that's, that's all huge. The biggest crowd you have ever been in front of at Isotopes Park this past Saturday, true or false? False. False. 10,190 fans came out to the ballpark this past weekend. 15,000. Oh, did I? Well, yes, 15, I apologize. 100 times over. 15,190 fans. That is the 12th largest crowd in Isotopes Park history. Just a crazy energy, and what a job by the facility and the team. Uh, tough loss for the Mariachis. I mean, those, you know, baseball's that way. But the energy around that, that's a, those are kind of special moments for you, Josh, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, look, that's Little League night, and that's Mariachis, and that's fireworks, and it's perfect weather that, you know, and you put all those together and you get 15,190. I want to give a shout-out to Aaron Robinson from our front office. Aaron is the primary point person who works with all the Little Leagues. There's three different Little League nights, and he's, he's – the you know, it's a team effort, but Aaron's really the point person who calls everyone and emails everyone over and over and over again and lines it all up. And so, um, you know, I want to give him a shout-out because he just, you know, he's taken that that was already good when he started, and he's really run with it. And, you know, those you don't get 15,000 people showing up just because of one thing or another thing. It's a, it's a combination. Right. But Aaron works really hard, so I want to give him a shout-out. Good job, Aaron. Josh, what are we expecting on the pregame tonight? You're going to hear from Chris Bryant. There was an extremely wide range of topics that he was asked about. Um, and it went about 10 minutes or so. And the cool part was my microphone picked up all the questions, so I don't have to slice and dice it. So uh, first five minutes of that scrum we're going to play today. And then tomorrow we have a morning game at 11 a.m., and so we'll play the second five minutes before um, tomorrow's game. Well, there you have it. Josh Sushan, voice of the ice tubs. Big game tonight in Salt Lake, and then turn around and do it right again tomorrow morning. Josh, thank you so very much. You're welcome. My pleasure, guys. Appreciate you, Josh. What a good dude. Super yeah, don't dude. say it's a very good program today. I I agree. Van, any final words? My goodness, my friend. Too much for the time allotted, but I tell you what. Anything we didn't cover here on Two Men On, you can check out tomorrow on the opening drive with Jeff, JJ, and A. Marie. Good job, everyone. GG. See you at Hollow Spirits tomorrow, Burke.